Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. So good to see you all. How many people in this place believe that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce to the division of soul and spirit, even to the joints and the marrow? How many people believe, like it, I think it says in um, is it Jeremiah chapter 50, and it says that uh, your hammer is a, like is a rock. Sorry, your word is a hammer that breaks the rock. The, the potential of the next 30 minutes is amazing. The potential of the presence of God and the word of God and the power of God in this place could set you on a path into 2022 uh, that, will, um, that will surprise you, amaze you, strengthen you, cause you to be the kind of people that are the head and not the tail. So to be honest, I get a little bit tired. I know, I, I realise 2022 people, 2021 rather than 2020 people did it tough. But you know, there's another side to that story because where people find God in the middle of their circumstances, where people you know, activate the word of God, where they, where they find the way and the, the, the pathway through because of him and the way he leads us, uh, you know, we're a victorious people. Anyway, I need to get onto my message. I, um, I'm gonna preach on thankfulness today. And, uh, and I do hope that in the next 20 minutes, like I emphatically believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you this morning. Um, and maybe I could start off with a verse that I always used to think was the most unreasonable, impossible verse in the whole of the New Testament. Probably the whole of the Old Testament as well. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. And this is what it says. Is it up there behind me? Just, just not a Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Always? What? <laughs> Pray without ceasing. I used to think, who does that except a monk that's sort of somewhere out there in the wilderness has got nothing else to do with their life? In everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Tell me, in that short, in that in those short little little verses, that feels like a lot to to rise to. Wouldn't you agree? And yet it is totally possible, because it's not God expecting that of us. It's God living within us, producing that. It's, this is another toughie, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. And it says this, be anxious for nothing. Like the counselling ministry or profession is really thriving today. <laughs> because people, many people are anxious for everything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. One if you could say the next two words with me. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. How could being thankful be the reasonable response to cancer? Cervical cancer, 
lung cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, leukaemia. How could it be a reasonable response to multiple complications from birth? How could it be a reasonable response to Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, miscarriage? You want to relocate and you've got no way to do it. How could being thankful be a, a response when God doesn't seem to be answering your prayers or coming through? When people are approaching loss in their life and their cry is, God, how can I cope? How could thankfulness be an answer to that? How could betrayal in business or job loss or being trapped in life circumstances or experiencing persistent headaches or allergies or skin conditions or where a couple's marriage is on shaky ground, how on earth are we expected to rejoice always, pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks? In the face of the things that happen to us, well, at the end of the service today, that's when everybody is dismissed, we're going to open up this area in here for those of you that would like to stay. And some of us are going to get amongst it and we're going to lay hands on you and anoint you with oil. And we're going to help you as you rise. As your response to God is thankfulness, no matter what your circumstances are, we're going to pray with you and see the power of God released into your life. Um, in my book, Charge at the Dark, which some of you have read, I talk about a time when uh, I discovered that being thankful in the face of a crisis is like a, a get-out-of-jail-for-free card. But let me tell you where that came from. In the 1970s, a man called Merlin Carruthers... It's interesting, this year I've read two books which have so influenced me but they're, both, but they're both golden oldies. The first one was written by a guy that died the year I was born. His name was Dr. Charles Price, and it was The Real Faith for Healing. But this book is still on my list, and I still go back to it and read it every now and again. And if I could encourage you, it would be terrific to put on your book list for the start of 2022. It's called Prison to Praise by Dr. Merlin, I'd have met Dr. Merlin Carruthers. And um, in the 1970s, in actual fact, my beautiful wife down here, when she was 14, attended one of his services with her grandmother or aunt in Jerusalem when Catherine Kuhlman was there too. And Merlin Carruthers was well known in the 1970s because he discovered, listen to this, he discovered one truth that was setting people free. And the, the, there's one uh, illustration in his book which captured me so, um, you know, when I, when I read that book in the 1980s, and it went like this, that he was a chaplain in the US Army. And uh, he had a couple who he calls Ron and Sue come to him for advice. The problem was that Ron, who had been a solicitor, had been drafted into the US Army to go to Vietnam. And his wife, who'd had a kind of a, a problematic upbringing, um, was so dependent on Ron that the whole thought of him going to Vietnam and losing his life made her think that she would commit suicide. She, he was her world. And so uh, Ron and Sue came to see Dr Merlin. I call him doctor. I don't know what he was. <laughs> 
I'm going to call him Dr. Carruthers anyway. He, they came to see Merlin Carruthers and, uh, because they wanted, they wanted to get out of the draft. He wanted him to sign something which would prevent him from going to Vietnam. But while they were with him, this man who had been born again and filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, ask her to thank the Lord. Well, when he suggested that, she was horrified and she said, why would I thank God in the middle of, of these circumstances? You know, if he goes, I go. And so they, they, were, they wrestled with this over a number of appointments with um, Merlin Carruthers. And after about three or four days, um, he said to Sue, Ron said to Sue, look, it can't do any harm. They only kept coming back because they wanted him to sign the paper. He said, it can't do any harm. We'll just humour him and we'll thank God. And so they started to thank God and, and they knelt with him in his office and she prayed, Lord, I thank you that Ron is going to Vietnam. It must be your will. I sure don't understand, but I'll try. That was it. <laughs> then Ron prayed. Now, now look at this because he had taught them how to, how to pray a thankful prayer. Then Ron prayed, Lord, this is very strange to me too, but I trust you. Thank you that I'm going to Vietnam and that Sue is so upset. <laughs> Thank you that she might even try to hurt herself. <laughs> well, Merlin Carruthers records that, her, that their prayers were most unconvincing. And Sue kind of had to pull herself together after that prayer and so she went out into the waiting room and sat there for a while and while she was sitting there collecting her thoughts, a young soldier came in to see the chaplain and Sue told him that he, that, uh, he was busy. But he said, if you wait a while, I'll tell him you're here. I'll wait, said the young soldier. He looked distressed and Sue asked, what is your problem? He said, my wife wants a divorce. Sue shook her head. It won't do much good to see that chaplain, <laughs> she said, but the soldier wasn't e easily discouraged. And so while they were waiting, he took out his wallet and began to show Sue pictures of his wife and children. When he turned to the next picture, Sue screamed, who is that? That's my mother, he said. That's my mother, said Sue, shaking with emotion. It is, I know it is. And so while she's sitting in that room, something begins to happen as a consequence of praying a prayer of thankfulness in the face of her circumstances. And the way that story ended was that Ron did not have to go to Vietnam and Sue not only got a husband, but she got a brother who she was separated at birth with and his wife and nieces and nephews as a result of saying thank you. How about that? Well, th that's what inspired me. And so that, that uh, day in the, in the, in the um, 1990s, when I was driving with a young man out through parks, out through Yeovil on a dirt road, uh, sorry, on the way to parks, uh, through Orange, through Yeovil on the way to parks, and um, a young guy was driving. And as I prayed, I normally use time in the car to pray if I'm not driving. Well, pray with my eyes closed if I'm not driving. Anyway, I got the sense while we're driving along in the early morning along this dirt road that as I prayed with, with increasing enthusiasm, this young guy's foot went further and further down on the accelerator. 
and the car just was belting along. I looked up and it was too late. We were approaching one of those bends on a country road and I shouted to my young friend Matthew, slow down, it was too late, bang. We went off the side of the road and we bulldozed rocks that were larger than, than those 10-pin bowling balls. We leapt over uh, off the road into the paddock through rocks and logs we were spinning and I'm saying Lord Jesus <laughs> I'm coming home <laughs> and, and 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 then after a while it's on the last spin it parked itself neatly between two huge gum trees well uh, I got out and I looked at the car and amazingly there was only one uh, puncture one wheel that was flat but I looked under the car there were pipes hanging down there was there was you know fluid pouring out of the vehicle um, I thought my lord what's going to happen and um, anyway I'd read this book the, I, I, I was I am armed and dangerous and so when when uh, I jumped out of the car and Matthew was out the young guy just a young Christian I said, come here, Matthew, I'd like to teach you a lesson. I don't know what he thought when I said that. Uh, <laughs> I said, we're going to stand here and we're going to thank God with all of our hearts for the predicament that we're in. So we did. The prayer went something like this. Lord Jesus, there is no earthly reason that I can think of to thank you. These circumstances are terrible. I've got no idea how we're going to get out of this paddock. There was no phone reception. There was nothing. Somebody actually stopped, but then they left because they couldn't help us. So when we prayed that prayer, as we we're praying it, I got this crazy idea. I said, Lord, I wonder if this thing goes. So I jumped back in the car and I turned the key in the ignition and it started. And so then I said, quick, let's change the tyre. We changed the tyre. We jumped back in the car, we drove out onto the road and for about 30 to 40 kilometres, top speed, 35 kilometres an hour or everything shook too much, we made it all the way into the outskirts of parks where I found an old-fashioned telephone box. They're big red things for those who were born. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, you know, you either this or that. And, and I found the pastor in the local, the local town and then I went back to the car, everything was organised. Do you think we could get that car to start? The key wouldn't turn, nothing would happen. The car just would not, would not go for love nor money. And, um, and uh, uh, you can make of that what you like. If you're a sceptic, then it was just something mechanical. But if you're a Christian and you believe that God is with you and never leaves you and never forsakes you, you'll believe that heaven was at work. I was getting a third heaven answer for a first heaven problem. That's what was happening that particular day. And the things, here are some things I've learned over the years. Oh, by the way, it's been remiss of you, me, not to welcome the people online. And uh, after the service, while we're praying here, we're gonna, I'm going to encourage you to pray exactly the same way. But th here are some things that I've learned over the years. Thankfulness, number one, thankfulness is possibly the greatest expression of faith in a tough time. Number two, thankfulness flies in the face of defeat and impossibility. Number three, thankfulness is a declaration of trust when all hope seems lost. Number four, 
Thankfulness declares that God has a plan in place before we had a problem. Number five, thankfulness is a weapon that can decimate the plans of the kingdom of darkness. Thankful people are the head, not the tail, only above, not beneath. Got a question for you this morning. Why do you think thankfulness isn't a uh, fruit of the spirit? You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, etc. Why isn't thankfulness in that list? Well, I don't know all the answers to that, but here's one answer I do know. Because thankfulness isn't a fruit, it's a weapon. It's a weapon that God's... I mean, this is something we give to God, not something that God gives to us. And there's a story in the Old Testament concerning a king called Jehoshaphat. And he discovered that there were three armies who had combined their, their military might to come round by way of the Dead Sea and attack Ju uh, uh, Judah and Jerusalem. And the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir uh, were coming up and they heard about it and Jehoshaphat was caught unawares. He didn't know what to do. And so he, the only thing he could think to do was to seek God. And there was a prophet in, the, uh, in Judah called Jehaziel and he, he rose up and he, he told them, this is one battle you will not have to fight. It's interesting. This might just help some people this morning. There are some battles you won't have to fight. Normally, the, the definition of a battle that you have to fight is one that you can win. But if a battle is too much for you, it becomes the Lord's because you're in covenant with him. Does that help anybody? All right. And so... Jehaziel stood up and he says, the battle is the Lord's. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And so up on the, up on the uh, screen behind me, we've got 2 Chronicles 20 to 24. Now you can read it, but can you see in, is it all up there? Oh, it's not. Okay, we better read it together then. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army. When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, who had come up against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon, listen to this, this, this is unheard of, except in the word of God. Three armies who had come together to defeat Judah. Moab, sorry, the, uh, for the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir and destroyed them completely. What? And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. And when Judah came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and behold, they were corpses lying on the ground and no one had escaped. No one had escaped. That means the last two standing killed each other. None were left, not one. And when they looked, see, now what was the difference? The next verse tells us because it tells us exactly what they sang. And it says, give thanks. This is what the choir sang. You wouldn't have called it a great big musical masterpiece, but this is what, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness. And I wonder if you could all say it with me. Give 
thanks to the Lord for his is everlasting. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. Give thanks before you get the victory. Give thanks in advance. Come before God and let your thankfulness fly in the face of the giants and the mountains that stand in front of you. If you can come today and thank God for, for whatever. I mean, look, you know, it, it, everybody's facing something. Some of you are facing some really big stuff. I get it. And you've got a reason to thank God. Oh, God, thank you for my mountain. Thank you for this thing that's staring me down in the face. Thank you for this thing that looks like it's going to ravage my life. Thank you for this thing. But others of you, you're having a pretty good time. And, uh, but all you've got to do is keep waiting. And your turn will come. That's how life works. We know that's how life works. We know the moment Adam and Eve sinned that it's been happening like that for at least six, 7,000 years. Nothing's changed. But what has God done? He's put a weapon in our hands to help us. And the title of this message was Builder's Thankfulness, but I changed it. When I thought about this, I thought, no, 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 no. The title of this message, here, get this, it's Weaponize the Word. Weaponize the word. Take the word of God. Tell you what, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and when he'd finished preaching, they said his word cut to our hearts. Amazing what happens when the... You know what the anointing is? It's the sharpness on the blade of God's word. It's got the ability to go deep into your circumstances, deep into our lives, deep into our souls. It can turn something negative into something hopeful it can turn sphere into something different lord jesus that's my message but now it's over to you now it's over to those online. Now it's over to us. I believe that this message, it's not my message, obviously, it's God's. It's his word. But I believe this message, here, listen to this. Have you ever been sitting on a train in a platform, um, a country train more, you sit on the train and right at the right time it pulls out of the station? Some of you in, in our lives, we've been sitting on that train and we're wondering when it'll start moving towards its destination. And there are some of, there are, there are some of us right in that position. We're saying, God, when will we start moving towards our answer? When will we start moving towards the promise? When will we, st when will we know we're starting to make progress? Because for many of us, we're thinking, I don't know, I keep praying and nothing seems to happen. But this is what I believe. With all of my being, with every fibre of my inner man, I know this morning that if we will thank God, the train will leave the platform and you will, you will discover you are now moving towards, doors will open, moving towards his answers. 
moving towards his provision, moving towards his healing touch, moving towards his strength. It's a horrible thing to feel like you have been isolated from God. But I know that this is an answer. Can I share something personal with you? I didn't get one, there was one night this week I didn't get any sleep. And in the middle of that night, the Holy Spirit came to me and spoke to me and, and gave me this to share with you. So I don't, I don't believe it's from me. I believe this is meant to be a move of God. I believe the potential of this morning is, is incredible, is amazing. And I wonder this morning if we could thank God, if we could activate this. Just for a moment, all I want to do at the moment is get our engines running. And at the end of the service, if you'd like to stay behind, there are those of us in this place, we love the presence of God. And we believe in the power of God. And we believe in his anointing. And we believe he's a delivering, saving, helping, encouraging, strengthening God. And we would love to pray for you and help you. Let's stand together. And some of you, I imagine most of you would feel comfortable to raise your hands in his presence. And lift your eyes onto his face. And take a step towards him and into the very presence of God. Why don't we begin to let a prayer of thankfulness come up. Use the circumstances in your life. Instead of letting them depress you, use them to your advantage and begin to thank the Lord. Begin to thank him with all of your heart. Begin to let a river of thanks. It might start off as a stream, but why don't you let it come from the depths of your being and come into the very presence of God? Come on, away we go. No time for inhibitions. No time for reluctance or quietness. These are the people of God in the presence of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, lift your voices this morning. Here we come, Lord Jesus, thanking you. Thank you, thank you. You are these circumstances that face us, you're all over it. We bless you for them. We thank you for them. We declare we're going forwards into them and we're going to see your hand of blessing, your hand of goodness and kindness on our lives. Come on, people. Come on, people. Let the thankfulness of God begin to well up within you and flow towards the throne of grace this morning. Hallelujah. We worship and bless you today in Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. And while every head is bowed and every eye is closed this morning, you know, giving thanks in the face of your circumstances can feel like a contradiction. It seems like it's the opposite thing to do, but can I say so as being born again? The human race has a problem. When we were born physically, we were all born into the wrong kingdom because we were born with a sin nature. And Jesus' answer for that was, well, I can help you be born again 
into the right kingdom. I can help you come. I can, I can give you a father that loves you and I can give you a new heart that'll serve you well for all of your days. And, and I can give you safe passage through this life and then through death and then on into eternity. While every head is bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you would like to be born again, if you can, hear, you can sense Holy Spirit talking to you and urging you and compelling you and moving you towards him, if that's you and you're going to say, Lord Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you this morning. If that's you, quickly raise your hand. I want to see it. God bless you. I see that hand. Others. 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 There's got to be, I know there's others in this place. You'd love to be born again. I'm going to move into this prayer very quickly. And for those of you that want to pray this prayer, um, pray it, but everybody else join with me saying, Lord Jesus, you are my saviour. I am so thankful. You came for me. Everybody else as well. But, first, but certainly for me. I surrender to you. I declare you are my Lord, my saviour. You are forgiving every sin I ever have committed or will commit. Thank you for helping me become a child of God. In Jesus' name. Amen.